Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Along to the Wiseman Say podcast, we have a win to talk about. Of course, we do. Sunderland beat Borough 2 0. It was never in doubt against one of the informed teams of the league on their big day out, of course, uh, as we all know. Um, Gareth has failed a fitness test, um, so he isn't here this evening. So, joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith, Michael Loft returns again. Successive weeks. Yep, um, successive weeks, um, successful game. So, I'm really looking forward to talking about, and there's not going to be as much fume as it was last week mm-hmm. from my point of view. No. Well, you were well, that fume, but to be fair, uh, we, 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 were, we were all quite philosophical, I thought, because yeah. uh, a red card made a difference, as it as it potentially, possibly did here. We'll discuss that. Um, Jimmy Ray is with us as well. Evening, Jimmy. Good evening. You all right? Yeah, I imagine you're just oozing positivity and good vibes today. Feeling good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling good. I really enjoyed yesterday. A nice weekend up in Sunderland. Capped off with a lovely game yesterday. So, yeah, very much enjoyed it. Okay, well, we'll get straight into it then. Um, we've also been asking people on social media what Sunderland need to do in the transfer market still because uh, it's getting closer to that deadline. Uh, we, we There's about to be some movement, we think, don't we? Probably knowing our luck, we'll get confirmed while we're recording this. Um, so we'll have a look at that and we'll discuss that as well. Uh, let's get straight into the match. Um, red card significant. Let's just, just take it back a little bit before that. Sunderland were by far the better team before any decision around a red card was made, weren't there? On what was a really, really strong performance in a, in a, a high-pressured game. Yeah, I agree. I think I put this on Twitter yesterday. I think all things considered, given the calibre of opposition we were playing, the form we'd been in, I think that was our most complete and impressive performance of the season, I would say. I think that um, we managed the game really well from early doors. I think Mowbray made a very good substitution when Evans went off and he brought on Michu because... The temptation would be to bring Barr on for um, to like, kind of give you a bit more quote quote so that he would Dan Neil filled into the Evans role really well and Mishu the control he gives you in possession like that was really exemplified yesterday and I think yesterday he was a lot braver with his passing and a lot more positive and he kind of like split their lines really well throughout the game so excellent performance from him and like I say I think it was an absolutely brilliant performance I think um, as I say like everything we did like had so much like control about it and we played some lovely attacking football at times. And like you say, Stephen, it was for sustained for 90 minutes. We could have been 2 0 up at half time and then we ended up winning the game comfortably in the end. So, as I say, absolutely outstanding performance yeah. for me. I think it's a really good point on the substitution thing because uh, we'll get on to the substitutions again later. Because um, we really, well, I criticised Mowbray for that last week. I agree because Barr would be the one, he's almost like the go to next 
next cap off the rank, isn't he, in terms of who you put in the middle of the park. But I think you're right, because I think the last thing that game needed was just somebody to be a bit, a little bit more frantic. I'm not saying he's frantic, but we know how much energy he's got. And I think you're right. I think some somebody was just measured, like Mishu was, was, was the right was the right call. And um, it clicked really well, Jimmy, didn't it? And I think people, you know, a lot of people are acknowledging that. Yeah. I, I we totally haven't agree. had many, we haven't had a team like this in, in in not many teams like this in years. When the front four get on the ball and do that, you know, do those little one touch, two touch passing to get in behind them, it's 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 a pleasure to watch as a fan. That's what you pay your money for, isn't it? Hoping hoping to see that. Absolutely. I mean, the amount of chances we create um, consistently, it was like throughout throughout the game. Really, it was pretty much constant. Like threat from us, like you say, the, the interchange between the front four players. And then the threat as well, like the pressing, like when Mam had had that chance early on, which when he should have scored, but you know, yeah, pressing, yeah. The, pressing the goalkeeper, and then just the amount of times we were nearly getting in behind and lovely into play. Like Mickey said, probably should have been at least two up at half time, to be fair. But that's more testament to the way we were playing creatively, just lack the final finish. There was a couple of little things right in the final ball, like if Mam had put the ball across with his right for Stewart for the offside goal. Stewart wouldn't have been offside initially. I watched that back on Sky. I didn't notice it at the time of the ground, but I watched the match back today on Sky and there was a ball there earlier for Stewart and just a couple of things. But another thing that the Sky coverage highlighted was how many touches we were having in the opposition box in the first half. We had like four or five times more than Middlesbrough had had. And Goodman was saying on the co-commentary how that's often a sign of, of, of domination, how many touches the team has in the opposition box. And we were far, far better the Borough were in that regard. And I think that that was borne out by what we saw in the stadium. Um, and yeah, it just it just clicked. The, the, the Evans injury could have thrown a spanner in the works, but like you've said, Mishu came on. I agree, right type of player for that scenario because he, you know, he might be small in the stature, but he's a very intelligent footballer and, and he he played what he needed to do quite simply, although he didn't did nearly get he got a goal in the second half, to be fair, through a good late run into the box. But I think just generally kept it ticking over nicely. Dan Neal, like you said, like Mickey said, took over the responsibility in midfield and, and they gelled well together in the main. There's a couple of moments where Borough got through, but yeah, Borough have a very good midfield as well. And, and Mishu and Neil are both young compared to maybe the, who they were up against in the Borough midfield. I think they both acquitted themselves really well. And it sort of typified what was like basically from front to back an outstanding team performance. And I would agree with Mickey and said that's the best we've played consistently for a full 90 minutes all season. Yeah, it was it was really good. And um, you, you, you touched on on Dan Neil there and it's it's like copy and paste with him. I feel like the next the last five Mondays we've done this, we've said Dan Neil improves every single week because every performance is slightly better than the last one. Mm-hmm. And we've acknowledged it like five weeks ago because he's been getting better, but it's just it's it's happened again. It's just he he looked like if a neutral was in that game, I think they would have looked, I know, you know, the the, the give um, you know the 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 play of the match decision and stuff that gives that Ahmad didn't, um, and I've seen a lot of Borough fans saying Stuart ran them ragged. Where I actually thought, I thought Stuart was, I thought you had a bad day at the office, really. Um, you know, I know I know he scored and, and got another one disallowed, but I thought um, he, he was quite wasteful at times. But I think if a neutral was, they would look at Dan Neil and say hey, he's the best player on this pitch. Yeah, yeah. So don't disagree at all. I think um, what is great about Neil as well, a lot of people forget this is his second full season of like professional football, let alone championship football. And I think he's held, I think, unfairly in some ways to a, like, a higher standard than what we hold Barr and them. We kind of see them as like, he's like raw prospects, but Barr, like he's um, 
in the same situation in terms of the amount of football he's played. So I think that's testament to Neil and how much he improved. One thing I want to give a shout out to actually just in terms of a general performance on Sunday was how like I think how good our pressing was because we weren't just kind of like running around but like headless chickens kind of like trying to pen them in constantly. I mean the Ahmad chance comes from because Ahmad just as um, the keeper goes to play the ball out, like Ahmad kind of steps across and occupies that space so we can get the ball back. And then I know he's wasteful of a chance, but I think that kind of exemplified it because you can't really press well and effectively unless you've got really good security behind the ball. And that's what we had all game. So Middlesbrough, like they like the play kind of like patiently through the furs and that's what they've done since Carrie's come in. And like the goalkeeper, the distribution from him has been a huge part of that. And we almost nullified that for the entirety of the 90 minutes. Um, so I think that's why I was saying it was like not only a really good performance from the tackling point of view, but I think it was so measured and obviously it had been really well drilled into them and worked on. And I think, yeah, again, it just shows that like Tony Mowbray, like he might be a bit like old school in some ways, but I think he is actually like a decent tactician. And I think um, he's very suitable for the, the players we've got and the way we want to play football. So I just think that the game plan was absolutely great. And I think it was ex- executed to almost perfection at times. So mm. I just want to give a lot of credit to the lads for that, really. It was slow to make subs again, I think, which might sound really hypercritical, which we'll get on to, because we'll take it back to, to why I'm thinking this. So back to the red card situation. Um, I don't think it's a debate that it's a red card. He's 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 the last man. He's, he's fouled him for about half a minute before he eventually before he eventually goes, Ross Stewart, penalty or not? Yeah, for me, I mean, uh, it's tight, but he's... I saw, I mean, obviously, I've seen a lot of screenshots of, of, of contact and when it started, when it finished on, on, on Twitter and whatever, but I do, I do think <laughs> he is just... He is just I do feel like he was stu- really going to stu- 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 stride forward and get himself, yeah, he was, he get was, himself but, to the line but, before he went on. There is, there, is, there is a picture where Stuart's foot is on the line and the lad's hand is still on Stuart, therefore that's contact in the box. So Stuart has every right to go down. And yeah, he did. He was definitely aiming for the box, but that's... He's allowed to do that. It's up to it's up to Dale Fry not to foul him, really, isn't it? And Dale Fry did foul him, so it's it contentious. Was... If it was against us, I might have a different view, but obviously it wasn't. So I don't. I think you'd be annoyed. I bet the pubs in Borough are absolutely fuming. I think you'd be annoyed if that was you with the penalty decision. Um, it was very Conor Wickham against Cardiff under under Poyet yeah. in the Great Biscay period, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Very similar. Um, yeah, I've... sorry, Stephen. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I think it's it's definitely a red card, like you say, because I've seen a lot of Borough fans twisting about the double jeopardy law, but that only applies if you make a genuine attempt to play the ball. And he's just wrestled with Stewart for about like 20 yards. Um, in he's terms nowhere near the ball at any point. Yeah, I know. And I think, Stuart, I think you're bang on there with what you're saying. I think that's just one of them where you, um, you, you don't, objectivity goes out the window. And if you're a Borough fan, that's not a penalty. And if you're a Southern fan, it is a penalty. I think it's just as simple as that. Hmm. Okay. Um, how do you think someone managed the game against 10 men? I thought, you know, it's, you, so you don't have to be a, a football coach to know that when you play against a team with 10 men, your, your, your first tactic should be to keep the ball and make them work and run about and tie them out. I thought we, we slipped into complacency a little bit at times and didn't move the ball quickly enough. I thought because yeah. it was an easy pass on because you've got a man extra. And we've all played in games whether it's five aside, six aside, eleven aside, where you you play against a man down, and that that's what you do. You keep the ball and you make them work harder. But I did. I just felt I could have done it quicker. And and this is where I'm linking on to my idea that I think Mowbray 
was a bit slow to make subs. He actually was going to make the subs I suggested, and then we scored the second, um, which made me look a bit daft because we, you know, they, they were on the side ready to come on, weren't it? But like you said there, like we said at the start there, Mickey, about how Mitchell was the right player for that environment at the start. You know, frantic game needed just some composure on the ball, um, somewhat to be measured. I did fail because we were we were quite slow at that point, and Borough actually had a decent spell when they went down to ten men and looked quite dangerous. I did think then you need to get Barr on and take one of those attacking flair players off to offer exactly what we said we did need at the start of the game, the energy, you know, the blunt thunder, just speed things up a little bit and wear them out yeah. a little bit. More. I, mean, I, I was saying um, I wanted Barr on from about, yeah, probably 50, 55, yeah. 60 minutes, I thought. But having said that, I mean, I think when when we when we initially scored, um, the penalty, that is, there was, there was sort of a, a period where we had a lot of possession in there or in and around their box, we just couldn't get the final ball right. And I thought, oh, you know what, actually, we're managing this quite well. But then, like you say, they did grow into it, um, primarily through a bit more intensity in the middle. I think what they basically realised that, obviously, they were shell-shocked initially, but they, 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 they I mean, I wouldn't say they carried a massive amount of threat, but I think we could have handled it better, like you said, with a bit more energy in the middle. Um, obviously, in the end, you know, we did, we did wrestle it back. And I think... Then just towards when we scored again, we did start to get a foothold, but there was a sort of 10, 15 minute period in between the two goals where I was thinking, you know, this something needs to change here, either ideally a substitution soon or we're going to need to revert back to what we were previously doing, almost when it was 11 versus 11. Um, but we we kind of did that and then the subs came on, obviously, at the end when it, when it was already two, so, so it was fine. But it's funny, like you say, they were, they were lined up ready to go when we did score. Yeah. So, and then... So it, I think had had they come on at one 0 it would have been the right move anyway. But obviously, yeah. it should have been done earlier. Um, possibly not Bennett, but definitely Bar was needed. Yeah, Bar's um, the one I was thinking in particular. Yeah, because because his energy because I noticed one of the uh, Borough centre mids was very very physical and, and quick. I think it was uh, Hackney. Was it, I think he was the young the young one of the two. There's a couple of times he was basically bullying Daniel and Mishu off the ball, and I thought he, he's the guy who we need Bar to sort of throw his weight around a bit with him. And then yeah. obviously by the time Barr had come on, we were tuning up, so he didn't really need to do it. But I did notice a couple of times Barr did nick the ball off him quite easily because and, and, he had a couple <clears> of them, you know, carried the ball quite well. So but this is the ball, last kind of player you want to play against when, when you're down at 10 yeah, men. Exactly, just somebody yeah. come on and who's got that kind of energy and just are going to pick the pace up of things. Like you're just like, you know, you're already running about and you're knackered. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, it was it was the right call to make. Um, I might go play the matches I mentioned there. Yeah. Great call again, wasn't it, man? He's, he's yeah. just it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't his best so game cool, at all. Really. It, was, it wasn't so his cool best game at all. But that's <laughs> just cliche alert. But that is just the finish you would expect of a Premier League player to see things yeah. that other players on the pitch and other fans on the. How many fans thought he was going to strike that into that corner no, from there? No, it's just seeing the picture differently, isn't it? Yeah, and his footwork so quick as well when he gets into that position. The way because it's not like it's not. It's like a touch and a half, he almost says. It's not two touches because he's that quick and getting out of his feet. And then, like, applying the finish is just excellent. He gives the keeper no chance because the keeper, like you said, Steve, they set an expert and try and whip it in the far corner. But it was a bit like the goal he scored against Burnley, where he's just sat the keeper and just put whipped in the other corner. He's just an exceptionally gifted player. I mean, even though not everything he does comes off, and that was that was exemplified yesterday, he's just got, I think he's one of the most naturally talented footballers I've seen us have certainly during our time in the championship obviously whether you'll like make for great at Man U that remains to be seen but I think he's definitely a Premier League quality player and we're saying yeah. that and we're very very fortunate to have him um, one thing I want to kind of um, touch on I agree I think we did let Borough back into the game but I think that when you look at the form they've been in I mean for example that was the first time yesterday under Carrick that they haven't scored in a game 
So I think, um, like, for a quality side, and like, even though they didn't play very well yesterday, you saw moments and keep the ball yeah. quite nicely, and they've got some good technical players. So I just think sometimes in football, like, as annoying as it is, you've got to accept the opposition are going to have a spell. And yes, we yeah. did let them in a little bit, but they are going to have territory. And they're good. And to be fair, I think Patterson, he had one good save to make in the first half. And for all Borough had that spell of pressure, I don't think we were terribly kind of um, worried at any stage. And then we got it. But I'll tell you what I was terrified of when um, we made that enforced substitution, when Elise went off for Bailey Wright. Mm. Talking about substitutions, I think Michael Carrick was very slow to get Watmore on because that would have been the change I made immediately. As soon as Wright mm. had to come on full-back, I'd have got Watmore on him straight away because by the time he made that change, obviously we were turning up and we were like very comfortable. But I think just what we're talking about before, Borough kind of needed to be a bit chaotic. Yeah. And I just think like putting a player of Watmore's kind of pace and directness on Bailey Wright would have caused us all sorts of problems. So yeah, it's he a kind change of costed after... through it, didn't he, Bailey Wright? He, didn't, he wasn't really pressured at all. He was, ah, yeah, exactly. I think and everybody I was think, probably well, concerned about him going a right back mm-hmm. with respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but this is it. This is why, for me, like I'm delighted he didn't make the change, but if I'm Borough's manager there straight away, I'm putting Watmore on him. I know it's a very basic thing to do, but... It would have made sense. It was a basic <laughs> guess, game, Michael. It is a very basic game. The other thing um, as well is just just a while we're on fullbacks, just quickly, I just want to give Try Hume a quick shout out because I thought again he was absolutely brilliant. So, like, he was he was my man of the match. Well, you know when we were just chatting about it before anything was announced, I I, re- I just really enjoyed his performance. I thought obviously it wasn't maybe like the standout in terms of like he didn't get an assist or a goal, but I just thought all the way through he's, the intensity he plays with the fact he switched sides. Sometimes he's popping up in the middle of the park playing good progressive balls forward. If you notice in the corners, he, he is often the fourth because obviously there's, there's Bart, there's Ballard, there's Stewart, and then the, he's the fourth man who who goes in for headers because although he's not the biggest, he's very very good in the ace, physically strong. He puts himself about. I noticed again when I watched the highlights back, a few you know when we do that sort of line of players running running towards the ball, he's at the front, then Bart behind him, then Stewart, then Ballard, and he like leads the run, and they all go different directions, and he he got a flick on at the near post from one which. He, Possibly good to better with actually, but I just yeah wanted to give him a quick shout out to Williams class yeah. and I just really like the way he plays the game. He's exactly just, what I want from a fullback. Getting better every game. It's it's he's in the one and what I, there was a moment when Burn nearly got in when it was one nil. I can't remember the exact instance. I hadn't watched any of the game back yet. Um, and they and, and and they nearly got in, and it was a bit chaotic uh, in our defence. And he had a go at everybody. He had a right go yeah. at everybody and started going out. That's good to see. Because he's exactly. he's coming out of his shell now. Because he would never have done that a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, sort so of had the, had, the, had the courage to sort of shout at everybody like he did there. Little things like that. Yeah. Well, like they put a graphic up on Sky saying it's his fifth start in a row, which is obviously the most he started for us since he signed him. And you can see he's physically growing, like you say. He's he's growing into the game more. He's he's becoming more of a like a, like a well-rounded player that you'd, you'd, you'd want to start. And I thought Elise, he was class as well at left-back. Obviously, the cramp got him in the end. But like Mowbray said, it was either him or Jack Clark at left-back. So I think unless he, you know, he, he put a shift in for the team when he possibly wasn't ready to. And he had a really, really, especially first half, he was absolutely class. Yeah, a couple of more things to mention before we move on. Um, because conscious of time. Uh, you've just mentioned Jack Clark. Where I've been off form for a while now, Jack. But this is... Because of the players playing well, we can get away when people just need to... Back on off him a little bit. Not that you know the fans were great again on, on, on yesterday. By the way, I thought like in that little spell when Borough started to get on top, the fans started to get behind them and started mm-hmm. chanting and singing. And they did that against Swansea as well. To be fair, I think they've been really good um, on the whole this season. The fans, but you do get a few people starting to mourn a little bit because Jack Clark's not going through a, a good reform. He's a, he's a he's a kid, isn't he? And he, he needs to he, he'll come through it. 
got no doubt about it. Got you can't take him out of the well. team. That's the thing. Like, you know, if Pritchard was there, you could just you could just take him out of the team. Yeah. That's the that's the issue we've got, I guess. I think yeah. as well, Clark, he, 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 by being so kind of, um, sorry, I'll start that again, by backing his ability as much as he does, I think he sometimes is an easy target for fans because I think if he hit a bit more, ironically, I don't think he gets mm. sick that he does. But it's the fact that like, even when he's on a bad run of form, he's still demanding the ball and he's still, if he yeah, takes yeah. a fullback on 99 times, uh, sorry, he'll, like, if he doesn't get past him, he'll still try the 100th time. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's why fans can give him a bit of stick. But I'll tell you what, just talking about like the atmosphere and like yesterday as well and like the performance, I think yesterday was the first time I think having Mowbray as a manager like really did um, help in the fact that they like, were treated like a derby for the first time in absolute years. And like the crowd really responded to that. And I just think um, it was really good to see because not only did we outplay Borough, I think we looked a lot more up for it than Borough were. And I think that is as a result of like Mowbray in his mind that being like a derby in such yeah. a big game. Great. I said that before the match as well. I said because we were talking, I can't remember who was talking now. Might have been the wife, actually. Um, we were saying, like, we don't, maybe we should start treating this more like a derby because we haven't got a good record and stuff like that. And I says, well, Mowbray is from Borough, so he he will he will think it is. And he will think it's, a, you know, he, he, the way he spoke up the, the the first leg, at, uh, the first leg, the first, the reverse fixture at, um, and then he said, Aston Park, man, Jesus. Um, <laughs> at the Riverside Stadium, you could tell that he thought it was huge. So uh, I, I think you're right. And I, I think he would have drilled it in the players. Um, yeah. But you can tell. I mean, it was from, from literally kickoff, everyone was bang, bang straight away on it. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think really that's that's what, like, like Mickey said, that's what we've needed in this fixture almost. I mean, it's 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 by far the best South Kings play against Middlesbrough. So, yeah. Finally, um, Bart and Ballard are going to be a difficult partnership to break up, aren't they? You wouldn't yeah. fancy playing against that, would you? First choice for me. Yeah. First choice for me. Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, OK, we'll take a little bit of a break and then um, we'll discuss what Sonnen need to do um, still in the transfer market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the Wise Men's Here podcast, right? We're just going to have a quick five, ten minutes on what Sunderland need to do. We are approaching the end of January. Um, um, I think some people would like to see a little bit of movement. In the transfer market, we did the pod last week, Nick, and we said realistically, I think like a, a, a midfielder of the Evans type, um, or somebody with a bit more physicality in the middle, and then and, and two strikers. We're not we're, we're realistic enough to think that might be it. Uh, I didn't don't know if any of you want to Google um, whether we whether we have um, 
the only signings yet, but Pierre Equa, we, 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 we just think... announced it. Have we? Yeah, see, see, I said at the start of this pod, this would be our look, this would happen. So breaking news. No, well, it's not breaking news because by the time somebody listens to this, it'll be like two hours after it was announced. Broken yeah, broken news. <laughs> broken news. Yeah. 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 Broken news. That is, it is indeed. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I text, you know, Nigel Khan, who's the, the guest we get on from, from West Ham to see if he knew much about it. I, I don't think he, he knows enough about him to the point where I was going to come on and confidently talk about him. Um, what he did say is, you know, they bought him from Chelsea. Chelsea paid two million quid for him, firstly, when they bought yeah. him as a 17 year old. And then West Ham have paid, well, I think, one and a half million um, when it didn't, you know, when he, which is surprising for Chelsea because they're normally good at that market, aren't they? The, you, you would have thought it would have been loaned out and so. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, and, and Nigel's basically saying that Moyes doesn't doesn't give anybody in the academy a chance at all, and their fans get really frustrated because even when they're not playing well, which they haven't been, he just refuses point blank to do it. And that while he can't profess he, he knows everything about him, he was one of the names that fans have been asking why he wasn't why he wasn't playing um, or being given any sort of any sort of chance. Um, and he said that it's notable that. Though the young players are starting to leave, and West Ham seem to be happy to tr- to, to be getting any kind of fee for these players at the minute, which yeah. um, not surprise when you don't you've got David Moyes as your manager it doesn't doesn't it doesn't scream that you've got a a plan similar to the one we've got at the minute, does it? Yeah, I'm um, I'm, I'm pleased that he's been found out by the way because I was just sick of people like saying he's a good <laughs> manager again, like he's absolutely doing me in. But um, I've just had a look at the kind of um, article the clubs put on. Um, the website to announce the sign and, and he signed the contract over the summer of 2027. So again, it's a, Ooh, it's nice. a long-term signing. Um, I'm pleased. Because the rumours were this is a loan deal. Exactly. And, and I think mm. when I heard the first rumour about it being a loan, I was disappointed because I just thought like how much of an impact can they realistically make in six months when he, you know, he, he's never, I don't yeah. think he's actually played senior football, has he? I think he's played exclusively for the under 21. So, that was a concern for me. But what I like about it is, and I'm not saying this will work kind of like seamlessly, but that for me opens the door for in the summer, like Corey Evans can kind of like move on um, mm-hmm. and then he can come in next season after kind of getting some games under his belt this season. And I think that's exactly the way we need to be in the market. We need to be proactive. We need to kind of solve problems before they even become problems, if that makes sense. So I'm really pleased with it. Um, again, obviously, I can't pretend I watched West Ham under 21s, but I had a bit look on them. Transfer market earlier, just some of his um, like stats for the twenty ones this season, and he's had quite a lot of because he plays either like centre midfield or defensive midfield from what the site was saying. But he's still got like um, I think it was like thirteen goal contributions this season, or like eleven or something, and that's like really good from that position. And that shows mm-hmm. for me that he is kind of a box to box player, and he's over six foot tall. And so I think he could like in theory be kind of like a good a good addition. Obviously, we can't judge him until he's played, but like it, it for me, it seems quite promising. Seems like a sensible signing, both in terms of position and age, and I'd say pedigree as well. Because I mean, it might sound relatively basic, but if he's been signed by Chelsea for money and then signed from Chelsea by West Ham, but he must have something um, about him to, to have made those, you know, especially the you know maybe the first move, but also the second. And I think if you're looking like Mickey said, I had a quick look, and he just he, he just seems to to have been had a really good run in the West Ham's under twenty ones. He's played, he played in the Pizza Cup for them or something as well, hasn't he? And yeah, and, uh, yeah I mean, and he scored, he scored the winner for the under twenty threes last week, didn't he? Because he was yeah. already on everybody's radar by then. So I think everybody, everybody picked up on that. Um, so just read out a few. Every- 
everybody is on the same page here. Um, Tom Wilcock, Equa plus a striker minimum. Ideally, another attacking uh, player, maybe a loan. Um, Peter Stamp, second striker, a young third striker, and um, somebody with some strength in, in midfield. Better backup for Pato, which I know you've 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 said, Mick, um, on the on this previously. Um, Dan Embleton looks like we are picking up a midfielder, yeah, which we have. So mainly two more strikers. Um, and a potentially anyone who could play um, both full-back positions, especially if Huggins can't get fit. Jacko needs to move on. He's waiting an important part of his career here. isn't suited to playing our system. Well, I think you'll find he's a centre-forward, Dan, um, <laughs> and we should all be grateful for that. Um, it's Chris Scott, two centre-forwards. Ideally, Sims and someone of the profile of Nemeth, who we've been linked with. Also, like the sound of the winger from Lille, left-footed right-sided player potential. Ahmad replacement. So um, a couple of points, a couple of people made actually, and then that leads us into one of them on the Ahmad replacement. So Martin Bell has made, has made a good point, and it's something I was sitting thinking about during the the Borough match actually, um, when Ahmad showed one of his moments of quality, and that is uh, we need to find a replacement for Ahmad, give him six months to settle in. Ahmad and Roberts link up player, mutual understanding is outstanding, and it's going to be a huge loss next season. Roberts needs someone on his wavelength to get the best out of him. Now, I was thinking about this as well and thinking this this is where the model, the model in inverted commas, um, would work when it's your player. And you think like we, we're going to have to bite the, you know, we're going to have to prepare ourselves for losing some of these players, aren't we? But then you think, well, at least you're going to get some money to reinvest. I'm at his now player. And I was sitting thinking about this, thinking we're going to lose our best player next season. Like that that's not something that can be underestimated. He's our best player, isn't he? He's yeah. by far our best player. And he's not going to be in next year, unless we get promoted. Because he's gonna I would imagine the next stage in his career will be a loan to a Premier League team as well as well. I think my yeah. is where I think my would probably want to go with that. So that's interesting because I'd never really thought what Martin's saying there that that would be a priority this window. I can't see it being. I can't see them doing that. But it does make an interesting point, doesn't it? Because we're, when it, we're speaking, about, logical, we're speaking yeah. about well, when we're speaking about Hume and Michu and people like that who are starting to look comfortable inside now, it's not happening straight away. Hume's been here a year. Mm-hmm. It's January before we we were starting to see Michu look like he, he's not excelling because he's not doing that by any stretch, but just looking okay in the team. So it's not something I really thought about that. But we'd be well. I think it makes, it, it makes sense. It makes it. Does. Yeah, I mean. It, it would probably it would be you wouldn't want it instead of, for example, the two strikers we always say we need. But I, I think it makes sense certainly. So that lad from Lille, who's been, I guess, if if they think he is the type of player to do, certainly he's a left footed, right sided player that would fit that bracket. But I think um, it is logical to do. I, I would certainly suggest it would be part of the model that, that you would expect them to do. Uh, you could argue that Equar is one of those signings for a replacement for a centre mid, presumably Evans. Um, given that, well, and obviously Matete probably is unlikely to, to to come back and play unless he's he, really, he, he got man the match. He got man the match for Plymouth. For the, but you know, I'm going to signing. If we're signing in yeah. midfield and he's out on loan, we've already got Barmichu and Neil as well. It's mm. be interesting to see what be interesting to see what they do with because they they're loving him mm. so far. And this is not like mm. a you know a, a bog standard League One side. This is a team at no. the top of the league who they were on fire. So I saw a video of him uh, he, he carried the ball for like the pitch and got got an assist so I think it was last week mm. this weekend. So interesting because like if we, if we are gonna like sort of do what Chelsea do with the next le- um, level down from them I guess then mm. 
they could look and say, well, we take a fee from at this point and which to, you know, make a profit on them if, if they don't think he's going to be where we need to be. I guess the obvious thing would be when Ahmed goes that the club would look to probably, now we, we've probably built up a reputation from these Premier League clubs that we, we, we are good and we can handle the young players. So we might get somebody, hopefully, of a similar quality from one of the top Premier League clubs would be the, would be the hope anyway. Um, Eddie, our old friend Eddie's been on as well. <laughs> and um, uh, again, it's another interesting question. If, as is being reported, Lampard has been sacked. Um, will this affect Sims returning to Sunderland? So we know we're all short of strikers. Do you think the club have other irons in the fire and not just hoping for Sims? You don't want my honest answer to that, Eddie, because I'll be called negative. Um, but, but it's... Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? That that could change yeah. things dra- dramatically. That couldn't have because any new manager now coming in is would be within their right to say nobody's leaving. I need to look I at think everybody. That's un- if I'm honest, I think that's unlikely. I think that Sims will be loaned back out. Personally, okay. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent confident that you'll come back. But what I would say is that I don't think Lampard going in the kind of like modern football structure would affect it that much because I think like transfers and. Things like that, a sort of the, like a, a director of football type figure. Um, not sure what kind of system I've been having face with that, but I wouldn't have thought it would change things that dramatically. It won't be higher, but Ellis Sims won't be higher on the new manager's list. They've got no, senior strikers I, there. They're linked, they're linked with signing more senior strikers. Exactly. I think. And I, and I think the, the development well, he has. Sorry, the Mickey. Yeah, don't, oh, sorry, on um, on Eddie's point though, like we absolutely should have other irons in the like fire. You know, yeah, they, I, like I, I really hope I'm just being pessimistic for for you know, and uh, unjustifiably so because I re- I really 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 hope they've learned the lesson from. Oh yeah, oh, 100%. The we, we, I think we we need two strikers. You know, like the, yeah. we can't we cannot be going into the second half of the season with having them only like two recognised strikers. So getting one is absolutely imperative. But getting two, I think, is equally as uh, yeah, necessary. Um, yeah, but I think one thing which the win, particularly yesterday, has done, I think it's quite it's been quite soothing for people's kind of um, transfer anxieties because I think had we lost yesterday, a lot of people would point to our lack of transfer activity. And the point I made on the pod on. Monday night is we've only had a, that's Monday night sorry is we've only had like three league games in January so what that means is that like kind of getting strikers for people through the door like in time to get playing these league fixtures hasn't been an absolute necessity and like realistically if we don't get strikers in before Fulham I'm not too worried because that's a bit of a free hit the game for me so I think now we need to utilise all the time I have left in the transfer window to make sure we can get the, the targets that we're after because we are desperate for, for reinforcements up there definitely yeah, I, I, I just just to follow on from what Mickey's saying, I, I agree. I think two strikers in Paris. And what I was what I was just going to say regarding Sims is, I think that they, they looked at how well he's developed, how well he'd done in the first half of the season here, as opposed to the fact that he'd not even got off the pitch bar twice off the bench for ten minutes for Everton. So if I was a loan manager at Everton, I'd probably say, well, it's better for his development to go to go back to Sunderland because the new like I said, the new manager is going to be wanting to sign sign players. Um, they've already linked with strikers. They've got. Three or four strikers who, who I mean, rec- I mean, this is why I was baffled why they ever recalled him because he clearly Rampard was just scrabbling around for any any old thing might work. He's recalled him, he's barely even used him, um, and he's since been sacked. So I don't. I, I just don't know see. that being in that position does crazy things to teams and and, and people, yeah. and I just think they are. It depends who it is, doesn't it? It could depend who it is because I know what you're saying, Nick. It's it's not. The less important now managers or head coaches when it comes to those kind of decisions being there, but still, it depends who it is. 
because oh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I wouldn't honestly be surprised if somebody walked in and said, well, what's going to get, what, what do you need when you're in that position? We've seen it countless times at Sunderland in the Premier League. It's goals, isn't it? That's yeah. what keeps you up. That's what gets you out of trouble. And I just wouldn't be surprised if you said, no, no centre forward is leaving here in this window. I just wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And well, there's no, one it, I think it, obviously it could definitely happen, but I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul, hopefully you were right and I'm wrong. I think as well, like if we were like Sunderland, for example, when we were in the Premier League, we were fighting against relegation season after season. If we were in opposition right now and we were like Everton, Ellis Sims was here, we'd be absolutely screaming for this lad who's been on loan yeah, in the championship. We'd be, we'd be demanding him in the start. Not necessarily us as a podcast, I just mean like the fan base. No, in I agree. I agree. I agree. I think as well with, with 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 the transfer, and I think Mickey's point is a really good one about the potential reason for the lack of business. And I would say it's not just us. I think there's a lot of teams in the championship. There's, there's not been that many signings across the board. I had a quick look the other day about like on Twitter about general sort of transfer rumors from other clubs, and most clubs are concerned about about lack of business so far. So I think a combination of um, the FA Cup round coming up, a lot of the championship teams are still in it. There's only two league games next weekend. I think a lot of teams are leaving it late, as you tend to have to anyway in yeah. the championship to an extent. So I would have liked more business in, but I'm not necessarily surprised it hasn't happened yet. No. But, um, like you say, priority at two strikers is a must. And the, and the De- definitely, because and, 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 and Matt and, Matt and, and, and whoever... I was going to say Matt and Tom, but Matt and whoever will be back on, uh, you know, maybe the Richard Carr shares a new thing now, isn't it? Um, we'll be back to to talk about what should happen on, on Saturday, but it's like, ideally, FA Cup, and I know it would be great if we could have a cup run, you know, we're not a Premier League side who can just, like, dismiss it, but ideally, you'd be giving Ross Stewart a break and not risking him yeah. getting injured, wouldn't you? And, I would, yeah. 100%. Yeah, and if you've, got, if, you've got, and if you've got nobody, you know, they can't really do that. No. Can't really do that. Well, they tried, didn't they? You know, they've tried before, and it just, it just doesn't work. It could give worse Diaco a go. Could give, you know, if he's really a centre forward, you, could, you, know, never, you never know. I, the thing with him is, right, I genuinely don't think I've seen him play enough to know what he is, or even, I mean, presumably he's not very good. Well, I think it, it just tells you everything you need to know that when, when Speakman come out yeah. and doubled down that he was our third striker option, that there were some games when we didn't have Sims or Stewart fit that Jack didn't, didn't even make the bench. Yeah, so, that, that, yeah you're right. I mean, that's the biggest, like you know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's nothing more to be said if you if you if you no. can't read between the lines from that, then you know, God help you. Right. Okay. Um. Thanks for joining us. And as I said, Matt will be back uh, later in the week to look ahead to the weekend's game. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.